What's up, beer drinkers, and welcome to a special episode of Cold Brew Podcast. This is the Copper State Beer Festival episode, and I apologize for it coming out so late. However, I was under the weather for about a week, and I was also trying to doctor up the sound, and I just couldn't do it. Uh, I'll be plain honest with you. I'm I'm not that adept at, uh, at sound filtering, and although I try to be, and I I just I, I failed, but it's okay. Um, you know, I live and learn. I learned my a big lesson at this Copper State Beer Festival about being there, about recording, and I will change uh, what I did the next time if I ever get invited again. After this, I don't know, man. I have no idea if I'll ever get invited again. But if I don't, that's fine because I still love talking with you every week, and of course, uh, Social Chromatic does too. And we love putting out shows, and that's why I started. I didn't uh, start this to. Uh, specialize at remote recording. However, I would like to get better at it. I think that's just the the part of who I am. So coming up during uh, my conversations, I have Jessica with Girls Pine Out Phoenix. I also have Fred at Blind Brew Guy, if you guys follow him on Instagram. And I also have Will Walterson from Ad Astra Brewing Company, his owner, head brewer. And he drops a couple uh, nuggets our way uh exclusives to cold brew podcast however i took so long by the time this comes out eh, maybe it's not so exclusive anymore <laughs> all right don't forget to follow us on instagram and on untapped search cold brew podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back one more thing before we get to the show i'd like to sp- send a special thank you to joe and his partner uh for organizing the copper state beer festival and seeing something in me that got me an invitation to be a part of the festival. I, I I had such a great time there. I was nervous. I was excited. I was happy. I was anxious all at the same time. I, I couldn't have asked for a better event. What a great area or a great um, field we were at. Uh, the, everybody was, it was well organized, well ran. Everyone had a good time. I didn't see anyone um, get all, you know, get... They nobody overdid it as far as in my field of view. Nobody overdid it. Everyone was uh, orderly and had a great time and had a lot of good beer. And I hope uh, if you're listening to this, you did too. So thank you once again uh, for Joe and his organizations for uh, organization for inviting me. And if he ever has one again, I would love to be a part of it. And my interviews will be better. I promise you. All right. So without any further ado, it's time for a special cold brew. Can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me over the generator? I can. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah, we're already recording, by the way. Oh, nice. Hi. <laughs> hey, so, Girls Pine Out. I've been a fan of Girls Pine Out since I heard about it when I used to live in the Bay Area. So there was the San Jose Girls Pine Out, which I thought was a really cool idea. Um, I remember seeing a lot of backlash immediately on social media for Girls Pine Out. Did you really? Yeah. Um, I would see stuff like uh, guys. It's mostly for men. Toxic masculinity, like how come guys can't be involved? What's going on? And it's like, well, you know what? Maybe. Maybe this is just a, a safe space so women don't have to worry about being hit on, being being mansplained, 
all that type of stuff. How do you view Girls Pine Out? So for me, you know, I would never tell a man or anybody of any gender that they couldn't come to our events. You know, so the way I look at it is more, it's geared towards women. Yeah. We are a community of, of women who love craft beer. and We want to bring more women into the community um, who are interested in beer or maybe who are already beer consumers. But I also, you know, want to welcome everybody who wants to support women yeah. um, in the beer community. So. You know, like I said, like our, our events are geared towards women, but I'm not like, I try not to use the language like woman or girls only, women only. Like I really yeah. want it to be welcome um, to everybody. Now, how many like active members do you have right now in Phoenix Girls Pine Out? So the way Phoenix Girls Pine Out works is we don't have a membership process. Okay. So you don't have to buy a membership. You can kind of come to any events you want. There's like not a minimum of events. You know, so we get different people that come to our events each event. There's people that, you know, that go to all of the events. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it, it's been um, different the last few years that I've uh, been a leader of it because of COVID. Right. We've had a lot of a new, you know, a new following. And I'm really trying to establish that following this year, too, now that things are a little bit more open. Yeah. Um, and we're doing in-person events. You know, we did events all over Zoom. Yeah. Um, not last year, the year before that. I'm trying to, I'm getting all my years confused 2020, these days. Yeah. yeah, so we did all our events via Zoom, and that was the first year I actually led Girls Pine Out. Mm -hmm. That must have been um, a super big challenge. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was already, you know, a lot taking on that new role, let alone, oh wait, now you can't do events in person. But you know, I felt like we, we pivoted pretty well, just like a lot of the breweries and other businesses in Arizona, you know, we're like, okay, we can't do events in person, what are we gonna do, you know? So we went to Zoom and we actually were able to do a lot of cool events. We did um, a few Beer with the Brewer events where we had one of the brewers come on um, and kind of talk about the brewery, about their beers, do like a tasting. Um, we did a beer and donut pairing event. Oh yeah, those are nice. Those are always fun. Oh yeah, yeah. We're all about the food and beer pairings here. <laughs> um, so we did that. We did a. Uh, we made coasters and yeah. a beer pairing event. So you know anything with beer that you can do with beer, we try and do. You know, sky's the limit. So we were able to um, actually do a lot of events during COVID. But yeah, so now this year, you know, it's kind of we're still trying to get established and getting you know our community built up. That's one of my goals for this year. When did uh, the Phoenix? Uh chapter, I guess you, I would call it, for lack of a better term, start? Yeah, so um, it started right after, I don't want to give you an exact year, but they were one of the uh, first chapters that um, that were developed, uh, I think around like 2010, 2011. So the uh, Phoenix Girl Pine Out actually originated in Indiana, Indianapolis in 2010. Okay. And so we were one of the few chapters that kind of um, started after that, so I mm -hmm. want to say it was like one of the so it's been around for a while. Were um, you participating in events before you try to become a, a leader of so the... So just for the year before, so okay. 2018 until yeah. 2019. Um, so I'm fairly new actually to the group, but you know, when I went to my first event, uh, I fell in love with it. I loved um, that, you know, they were supportive of women. That's kind of how I saw it. And, mm -hmm. you know, they were trying to get women in, into the, in the beer community, really. And right. um, the first event I went to, was with Megan Greenwood actually. She came and did a oh, tasting yeah. at Casual Pint and talked about, um, you know, just beer tasting 101. And I was like, this is amazing. And so I was hooked right off the bat. Yeah, uh, Megan's great. I've had her on the show before. Now, what, like, why did you want to become a leader? Like, what, like, 
you know, that got into you? What kind of ambition got you going? Like, I want to be a leader of this. Yeah, so I have been passionate about craft beer for, gosh, probably like five to six years now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think like a lot of people in college, you know, I drank the really like, crappy light beer and <laughs> we I started, all do we still do right right honestly there's a time and place for a bud light i swear you know yeah. <laughs> definitely not my favorite but i don't talk on it by any means i um, love it with mexican food for some reason mexican oh. food and bud light oh yeah. man well, for me right. i just feel like with mexican food lighter beer just goes so much better especially if i like my stuff spicy i don't know about yeah. you oh i love you but i, I just feel spicy. like you know lager or pilsner just something light and mm -hmm. just basically just water it's great <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a little bit of alcohol i'm good with it um but yeah so i you know wanted to kind of explore other beers i lived right next to four peaks like walking distance when i went okay. to asu and so when i turned 21 i was like i'm going there i'm gonna drink some you know cool beer and i fell in love with Hilt lifter was one of my first favorite beers um, multi, i just really yeah. like the multi forward beers okay um it's funny how your palate changes over time right you know oh, back yeah. then i loved yeah the very malt forward beers. Moostrol. Have you ever had Moostrol? Yes, yeah. That was a, one of my favorites. It's beers. a brown ale, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very malty. Like, loved it. And so I just started trying more and more. Um, I would go to Fry's and, like, get, like, the pick your own six pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I just was trying and trying. And I was like, I love this. And I feel like I have, I have like, a, I, I love science. I'm a nurse. Um, so okay. I just, I love learning and the why, the mm -hmm. why and how. And so I ended up getting into home brewing. Um, I do it occasionally. I'm not, you know, super regular uh, home brewer, but I do love the science behind the beer, and I love how it brings people together. Um, you know, me and my sister would go and do our own little brew tours, like in different cities um, when we would oh, go traveling, yeah. and yeah. you know, it just That's really fun. was a, a fun memories with my sister, and just mm -hmm. love how I just love how it connected people. And so when I went to that first Phoenix Girls Pine Out event, you know, I was like. This felt right, you know. I felt like I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, felt like you felt home because you like with your family, you're, you're with your sister. Yeah. yeah, just sharing, you know, laughs and drinking a beer and talking about the beer. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just connecting over that, getting closer over it. You know, mm -hmm. even if that's one thing I love about beer. Even if you have nothing in common, you know, backgrounds completely different, different mm -hmm. social class, gender, race, whatever it is. Like, if you have a love for beer, you know, you can. You can sit and talk about that. I could sit and talk about beer for hours, right? So common denominator, it, right? Yeah, it brings people together, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I do, I do love that. And I feel like even though, yes, we are a community of women who love craft beer. Yeah. I, I'm about supporting everyone in beer too. And it right. just for me, it's a way to kind of get more women in the the beer community too, and maybe even to the beer industry as well if they, you know, want to pursue something in that. Well, yeah, it's good. that's kind of like why I think there's it's a safe entry point yeah. for women exactly. it's it's more inviting than going to a uh, just a craft beer brewery and then a male dominated uh, industry and i really think there's a lot of room for growth in uh in craft beer uh, for women and i'm 100 supportive i love the beer base family i don't know if you met rachel and brandy i haven't I, i'm planning on meeting her today I, we yeah. follow each other on instagram and i love what they're all about as well you know very um kind of on the same planes you know yeah. just again just supporting supporting other women and i'm all about that um yeah i definitely want to meet her i'm excited oh and I've yeah heard, i've heard you guys done a few she does like beer histories on here yeah too, right yeah, yeah she, i was listening to a couple ten, of those 10 so far and ten, she's wow. amazing she's so smart she's like the smartest person i know in beer God, i love it i yeah. i don't have um any like certifications in beer i really do need to 
to do the, like the beer server. Um, it's so then, easy. I know. You know I feel like I would probably. I don't want to like toot my own horn. I'd probably pass it, but I am one of those people like that probably over prepare for things. So yeah. I feel like I just want to make sure I'm prepared. But I really do. I would love to get Cicerone certified. Um, you know, just because. You know, just because I love learning and. Yeah. You know, well, they do have a really good study guide. Like I, I thought I knew a lot about beer until I started doing this podcast, and then I think maybe a year after, a year into the podcast. I got my my beer server. I'm like, oh, this is super easy, and the study guy made it so so easy to to do it. Yeah, so perfect. Well, are you working on getting? Like, no, no. Run now? no, no. That was fun. Like, that's like real. Like, that's when it's the, like a time commitment too, yeah. right? Um, you know, I helped beer judge a couple times um, for Ash, the Arizona Society of Home Brewers. Um, okay, yeah. And it, just like learning about you know what you're. T- how to explain what you're tasting, you know, and mm-hmm. how to determine that it's, it's, it's hard, you oh, know, yeah. and, not, and not everybody's palate's the same, you know, nope. you might taste something and I, I will taste the same thing and be like, I don't really get that, you know, and it's just kind of how our, you know, we're, we're wired and, you know, our genetics and there's, I mean, there's so many factors, but it's, it's, it was, it was challenging, but it was fun. It was yeah. fun. I will say that. Like when someone says I taste lychee in this IP, I'm like, what the fuck does lychee <laughs> taste like? <laughs> But, oh but there gosh. are people out there who could do it. Yeah, and, people and are really Rachel sensitive to certain like off flavors, and that's actually you know when they're doing like beer panels um, for certain mm-hmm. breweries, you know, they'll they'll have an actual panel. They'll probably have their employees do it. You know, train them on those off flavors so that they can. Because some people can't taste them. You know, I don't yeah. think I'm super sensitive to off flavors either. You know. Yeah, that's that's a tough but one. That's, that's but if you want to go to that next step in the Cicerone. You can actually send out for these uh, the study packets, and they'll give you the off flavors to put in the beer. Yeah. And so then you can actually see what it tastes like. I had one of my first ever. I was in surprise at a, a diner, and uh, I saw they had Lagunitas IPA. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll take that. I, I know that beer. It's a you know crafty beer. Yeah, classic. And it and it tastes like it tastes terrible. It was the worst I Lagunitas I've ever had. Oh no. But I tasted the yeah. It was just sitting there. Ox- maybe the. The, yeah, um, they probably sell a shitload of Bud Light and Corona and all that. But then when it comes to Lagunitas, it never moves. Maybe the lines are bad too. Yeah, yeah, it could be so many different, you know, aspects. That's why it's it is fascinating learning about all the things that go into it, you know, and right. um, just the just the beer making part, and then also like maintaining that, right? And I give a lot of credit to breweries that are able to do that. I mean, it's a whole whole thing. What yeah, kind of know. what kind of beers have you brewed? So I have mainly brewed like pale ales, IPAs, um, just because I think those ales in general are easier to homebrew, at least starting off, like in my opinion, you know, lagers are like a whole nother thing, you know. You You got to keep it cold. Yeah, you have to have temperature control, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're lagering it for a lot longer, it's in the fermenter chamber for a lot longer. I tried to make a strawberry blonde ale once, and I will say that went horrible. Um, <laughs> it ended up being more of like a strawberry sour. Um, oh, okay. So I meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to do that. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so I haven't homebrewed in a few months. You know, with Phoenix Girls Pine Out, you know, it has taken a, a lot of my time. But yeah, yeah I'm probably actually going to go to um, Arizona Society Homebrewers has like a brew out. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So they're going to have one. I think he said the 22nd. I saw Marcus. I don't know if you've met him, but he's I very involved in, yeah. um, in Ash. So I might go to that event. Just kind of hang out. 
hang out with them. They're super welcoming, great guys. If yeah. you haven't met them, yeah. I, I, awesome. I follow some of them on Instagram. Okay, yeah. Like what, Brewery 602? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and Ryan, I think. Matt Hines, uh, Biff's Brewing. I don't know if you met him. I haven't okay. actually. I've, I haven't seen him in a while. We haven't hung out in a while, but yeah, he's a really cool guy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've met a lot of really great people in the beer industry. I will say. Yeah. Um, there's some there's some good people. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I uh, have you met a lot of people here today? Like, how's your event going? Well, uh, you know, it's a little slow so far, just because I think it's still like the VIP, and now like, are they doing like a general admission plus? I think, and the uh, general admission doesn't start till two, I think. From yeah, what, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's about to get like a lot busier here. Right. Um, but no, I haven't really um, explored too much. I just went to the La Cumbre tent and got some of their hazy IPA, which okay. is really good. Have you had La? Which one? Before? I mean, I've had La, La Cumbre, yeah. but. I uh, love their elevated IPA. That's like their classic one. That's their flagship, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, their you know, seasonals are really the with Project Dank. Ooh, I that. Project Dank. Well, they have uh, it comes out four times a year. They have a uh, summer, you know, fall, winter, spring. So I'm not sure. Probably the winter one is out right now. Oh, you know what? I have heard of that. Okay. And so you can buy it here in Arizona. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, cool. I'll have to look out for that. I can't remember what the name of the beer is. I just saw that it was uh, the hazy IPA. <laughs> the one hazy IPA that they have here is phenomenal. They do they do hazy IPA very well, and I've already recommended uh, to a couple people that I've seen here um, the Bonehouse, the Hell's Lager that yes, they made. I with, saw that. I need to try it's, that. It's too. amazing. It's good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great because a lot of lagers. I mean, maybe I'm thinking more of a Pilsner. It's really bready and kind of. Uh, um, Got a big mouthfeel to it. This is light, crisp, refreshing. It's really good. Is it? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm gonna have to go try that after yeah. this. Um, yeah, and they brewed that for for beer babes. Yeah, for right? the beer babes okay. family. Yeah. Awesome. I would love to do that. I think that's a goal of um, ours too, is to collaborate with like a local brewery between the girls pine out. I, I, I could, awesome. yeah, I could name a bunch of breweries who might want to collaborate with you just to put the name on it. You can go yeah. and do the help them. What do you call it? Uh, pour the malt or into the the big big bags of grain. The big bags of grain, or at the very least, you know, pitch the yeast. Yes, I mean that would be super (laughs) fun. I think a lot of our women would love to do that, you know. And again, Mm -hmm. it just I would love to do more educational events this year. I think that's um, one of my goals is, you know, just to kind of for people that are interested to want to know more, you know. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing wrong. It's absolutely great to like just enjoy the beer and you know that's as far as you want to go with it but you know I think there are some people that might be a little bit more and women in our community there maybe a little interested in knowing you know well why does it taste like that how do I describe that or how is that made you know so I would love to do um, you know beer tastings this year maybe some tours maybe collaborate with a brewery get Mm -hmm. us on the the brew floor Um, so yeah we'll see it there's endless possibilities with the events we can do so I'm excited yeah how many leaders are there for right now right right now now there's three of us that are helping out Mm -hmm. There's just two of us um, here today, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what uh, what do you guys are you guys doing? Any giveaways, or do you have like some merch? Or you um, just, so today yeah, um, we actually we're we're actually giving away tattoos. We have like some tattoos set out. Yeah. I don't know if you saw right here. Yeah. So um, we're tattooing some people. So that's been fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we actually have a big um, photo backdrop that says "Cheers to Beers." So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully some people will take some photos, um, have like a cool backdrop, and we have some beer props too. And then we have some uh, collage of pictures of our past events, so it's kind of like what we got going on today. Who, Nothing uh, crazy. Who is, personally, who are some of your favorite breweries in Arizona? Oh gosh. Um, 
hard question. Well, right now I've been going to Run House a lot just because I live super close and yeah. also their beer is phenomenal. Yeah, they were, they were the first craft brewery I went to when I was in Arizona. Really? I, happened, I had no idea anything. I, I stayed at an Airbnb um, and I just looked for the closest brewery and it was Run House. I love that. And, and I met Hilda. She's okay. really cool, yeah. For yeah. The, she was my the bar the beer tender at the time. Yeah, now she's with the Wayward. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah, you she, checked out that place too? Oh yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love oh, man, the Wayward. I, yeah, I love. We that. did an event with them. Recently. Oh, you did? Yeah, we did um, a popsicle pairing. Oh, okay. Wow, that's fun. yeah. And then we donated to Norris. It was it was awesome. I love yeah. that spot they have. That the, the layout, the that the inside and the outside, and it's just really cool. Oh, the patio is cool, and the inside, yeah, like the decor. I love like just like the little details too, like their light fixtures and yeah. all the paintings and the brick wall. I believe they have a brick wall. Um, yeah, it's a cool feel, and they're such cool people. Um, yeah. Her and Tyler too. He also worked at Run House. As right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have met Tyler. I think once before. It's been a while though. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know he'll do a little bit better. Yeah, I love going there. You know, um, it's not a brewery, but I go to Wandering Tortoise a lot as yeah. well. Um, I you know I loved. I love going out to like um, East Valley, 12 West is great. Um, I love Desert Monks out there. I haven't been to either yet. Desert Monks just won a Golden, uh, Great American Beer Festival Did medal, really? I believe, for their the, um, the Farmer's Wife Pumpkin Pie or something like oh, that. Oh, good for them. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, they always, I feel like they're always experimenting and putting out good beers too. Mm-hmm. So um, I love them. Oh gosh, who else? Um, I mean, I, I love going to Tucson and Flagstaff. Yeah. Um, Pueblo Vita is probably my favorite one in Tucson. But, I mean, even here today, they have uh, Dragoon. Dragoon is always Dragoon, yeah. solid. Um, well, Tucson, Borderlands is here. I love Borderlands, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I kind of, like, looked around and I was trying to see Obario as well is here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do they have any from Flagstaff here? Yeah, uh, Dark Sky is here. Dark Sky. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I actually I just saw Ryan a couple over weekends there. ago. I love Dark Sky. Yeah. They didn't have any, um, just because of probably the time of year, but they always have a lot of good sours. Um, right now, they oh, okay. have a lot of more, like, maltier, like, stouts. Um, really good. So everything they oh, put yeah. out is always amazing. I know that, uh, um, yeah, they do a lot of stouts, barrel aging. I went to a beer school once with, uh, and they were there, and they did a barrel aging class. Oh, cool. So, yeah, they, they really know how to do barrel. And, and I know some brewers uh, actually reach out to Ryan to ask him about, you know, tips on um, so they, they know what they're doing up there as far as barrel yeah. aging goes. Yeah, I was kind of amazed it's such a small brewery. I'm not sure like how many um, barrels a year they produce, but mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, I feel like for being such a small brewery, they like really produce a ton. So oh, yeah. they're probably just cranking out beers and I could see them expanding. I wonder if they have any plans for that. Yeah, uh, incremental growth, you know, if they're yeah. smart instead sure. of be- getting too big too fast. That's, that's true. It's a good way to fail. And then with COVID as well, I'm sure that kind of maybe set some people back Oh, yeah. As well. I mean, <laughs> I think uh, weathering through the storm, some of the breweries that have been popping up despite COVID, like Lake I Pleasant. And I know. It surprises me. Yeah. But uh, maybe it's, in a way, a good time, too, because you're, you know, it's slower. You're still trying to, like, figure out logistics and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get your policies down and your like procedures down and way of doing things get your beer you know right. down as well it's always different brewing in a brewery from, from well, my knowledge so. i know uh, kitsune i think he leases like uh, space in simple machine okay. um I, gotta, I can't think of his name right now the the uh, the brewer and owner of kitsune brewing 
But yeah, they I think they have their own vet over there, and he just like leases it. Okay, yeah, I was wondering about that. Cause uh-huh. Is he planning on opening a brewery? I, I think well? so, but I, I I don't know where the plans are. I haven't yeah. talked to anybody um, associated with him or the brewery. Yeah, I remember. While. You know, I see I've seen. Um, him on face or instagram and uh, yeah. i haven't actually been able to try the beer yet but i've heard it's really good i would love to try it um i think the leasing is like the new thing to do or maybe it's always been a thing and i just didn't know like that sounds like a great way to kind of get your feet wet like kind of learn you know how to brew on bigger systems and right. like sell the beer and get maybe like a following before you actually like go out and do the thing and you know have yeah the, i guess the, the, the old way of doing it that i remember was um, contract brewing. Okay, and that's like kind of similar, right? Yeah. To what when I first met Megan, we, before she, uh, the brewery opened, she was contracting out of freaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um, and that's how she was like making the beer and selling it at top houses all over the valley. And she would do like tastings outside, um, you know, where her location is now, downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. And, and uh, yeah, when I was, used to live in the Bay Area, I knew a bunch of uh, breweries in San Jose used to contract out and it's cool. really sad because uh, one of the places that used to contract brew is called Hermitage, and okay. they just closed like this past week. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but there's like 9,000 breweries out there, but more Especially are opening than closing. Yeah, more are opening than closing. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, there's a lot of competition out there. You yeah. Know? And yeah, especially in California. I mean, even Phoenix, I mean, it's growing. It's super exciting to be a part of it. You know, I'm I think it still it. has room to grow even oh, more in, oh, in the yeah. state. From what, because, you know, coming from California, I see what the, the saturation point is. Yeah. And Arizona still has not hit it yet. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I go to, you know, San Diego or. Yeah, I mean, yeah, San Diego for sure is like kind of brewery a, on each like corner, right? It's yeah, overwhelming. You, you can't throw a frisbee without hitting a <laughs> hitting a brewery out there. Seriously, what are like your, some of your favorite ones in San Jose? I haven't actually been to San Jose. Is there any good ones you'd recommend? Um, yeah, there are a couple of good ones. I like uh, clandestine. Okay, yeah, for And um, what's the other one? Uh, Strike. Strike. Okay. Strike Brewing. They won a uh, gold at the GABF this last year for their Big Wall Stout. And they've had their Ooh. Big Wall Stout for years. And for some reason, it just hit the right notes for, for the judges. Yeah. And it won a gold. Good for them. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you, honestly, I'm kind of in the dark about who won um, any awards this year. Do you know about any others? And, for, you know, Phoenix Breweries or uh, Arizona Phoenix Brewery. Bre- yeah, you know what? And I can look it up right now. But I'm I know curious. that, uh, let's see. I think it was last year. I know Ren House won for their their Spellbinder. Yeah, that, that's a classic. Yeah, let me see here. GABF winners. I would love to go to that festival as well. Have you been? No, I have not. I would yeah, lo- I would fun. love to as well. I love Denver. Denver also has some of the great breweries. I've uh, I've been to Denver once and. When I went there, I wasn't really into craft beer, but my cousin lived there, and but we still made the trip up to Fort Collins. Well, Fort Collins is awesome. So we went to New Belgium, New Belgium. Odell, and Fort Collins Brewing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, those are actually the ones I've been to, too. Yeah. The New Belgium here. property is beautiful. Oh, it is. Yeah, We did it's a tour huge. there. It's awesome. They're, uh, they're, they, they, they bought out. They got bought out, though. I know. Gosh. By Lion, and then they just, Lion just bought out Bells. Really? Yeah, the oh two-hearted. Everybody's getting bought out. Yeah, they don't have their. They, have they, they used to. They used to have like a where you can 
sort out by uh, you know by state and stuff like that but for this 2021 they have not entered it into their um, into their what do you call it yeah so don't, don't want to release the news yet to us? Well, no, see, see right here, they have their the Great American Beer Festival, but the 2021 is not listed yet on their little spreadsheet. Wait, you, you but can, isn't, it hasn't happened yet for this year, has it? It's 2022. Oh God, what year is it? Yeah, no kidding. Help me out. <laughs> but if you want 2020, the um, spell, that was when Spellbinder won awesome. a gold. Oh, and the Hatch Chili Gatos. Yeah, but Fate. Fate. Have you had that one? No, that I have not. Really, that one's really good. And then the Tail Drag Clandestine one, like for the third year in a row. And Pedal Pounder by Lazy G. I haven't been to Lazy G yet. You know, for being in Arizona for over 20 years, like there is still some breweries I haven't checked out. But Lazy oh. G's a little bit newer, isn't it? I don't yeah. think it's been around for that long. Only like two or three years, yeah. Okay, I don't know if that was so this has been great. Thank you for taking time out. This has been amazing. It's been so nice to meet you. Thank yeah. you so much for inviting me to be on this. It's so exciting to be here. This is our first beer festival. Same here. podcast I've been on. It's been exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to have you on when it's less noisy. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, this is great. I mean, I, I know nothing else. So okay, it's great. been awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It's so nice to meet Cheers. you. Thank you. Cheers. How are you enjoying the the beer festival? This is the first time they put it on, so yeah, this is a, it's nice. We we uh, we've already thought we should come back and try do it again if they do it next year. I hope so, man. I, I just I just talked to the organizer Joe, and he said everything's going perfectly, exactly the way he thought it was going to. It's a nice it's a nice setup. Uh, it's good, good for me. Lots of room to walk around, and you know, even now it's getting a little busier, but still there's plenty of room out there. So. Do you go to a lot of beer festivals? Well, you know, not in the last couple of years because there hasn't been much going on. Right, it right. It seems like so. Um, I try to. My, both my daughters enjoy beers and their husbands. My, my wife doesn't drink beer. She, she drinks you know, other things. But uh, so, so if I'm with my kids, we usually go try to make it to a, to a few. Yeah, I have. Well, of course, yeah. Because of COVID, it kind of put the hamper exactly, on exactly. beer festival. Yeah. So this was exciting to get back out here. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, oh yeah, with all the bands and every, with the band and yep. the DJ. Good and music. Good music. Good food. We already stopped by the food trucks too. So. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they have all. Any, anything you want is out here. Yeah, yeah. Seems like. Uh, so which uh, breweries have you uh, had so far well, that you... We've, we've, we're about halfway through our 15, so... Okay. Uh, you know, we've been to, we've been to Ad Astra. I, I took your uh, suggestion on the the barrel aged uh, chocolate yeah. things out and the banana sour mix. That was that was really good. Yeah. Been right. to Bone House, been to the Beer Babes, been to oh, let's see, Barrio, Barrio, okay. Barrio, uh, a couple more in there. I, yeah, can't think of them all, but we, yeah, we're like I say, we're about halfway through. Which one sticks out to you right now? Right now, I, I mean, I did like that Ad Astra. I, oh, oh, Greenwood's another one we've been to. I do like yeah. Greenwood too. Uh, and then we had the uh, uh, had the beer, the the beer over at the Beer Babes. That was mm -hmm. that was a good beer too. The lager. So. Uh, oh yeah, the Bonehouse uh, yeah. Hell's Lager. Yeah. Yep. So. 
What, what kind of, so you got into, how, how long have you been home brewing? Well, you know, I, I probably brewed my first beer back in the early 90s. My brother and I did a little brewing. Okay. Uh, it didn't turn out that well because <laughs> it was a lot different back then. I mean, there was not much information. Oh, okay, You yeah. were just kind of winging it. You know, there was no internet and crap like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we brewed a few batches and it was only so-so. And then I didn't start up again until I retired. Uh, I had to retire because of my eyesight. And I thought, I need something to do in my spare time. And I like beer, so I thought I'd start trying to brew it. That was about 2017. So it's about five years I've been doing it, you know, pretty, pretty uh, uh, Steadily? What, uh, what, what beers, uh, like, do you, you, you just try anything? You just want, or do you? I like trying different things. You know, I have a few beers that people, I, I, I make an IPA uh, that I have on tap at home right now. It's kind of like a fresh squeezed out of Deschutes, uh, yeah. similar to that. I've got a jalapeno beer on tap uh, that I usually try to keep. Uh, people seem to like that when they come over. Um, and then I rotate other stuff, stouts. Uh, I, I like dark beers myself, so I usually try to have a dark beer on, on tap too. So you have your own kegerator? I do. I have, I have three taps. Uh, oh wow! And I try to keep all three of them going. It's it's uh, over cold. Like you know, we I'm originally from North Dakota, so okay. we have a lot of friends that like to come down here uh, during the winter again you know, because it's warm and visit. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I used to go through more beer, and then of course COVID came along, and it's like I could brew beer way more than faster than I could drink it. Yeah. But now I'm getting to the point where people are traveling again and stuff, so I can I can brew more and actually go through it all without trying to drink it myself. So, so yeah, at North Dakota, that's where uh, Drecker is out of, right? Drecker's Fargo? out of Fargo, North Dakota. You yeah. bet. Uh, you know, Fargo is not not a huge town. It's the biggest town in North Dakota, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got they've got uh, Drecker, but they also have Fargo Brewing, which puts out some really good beer. Uh, and then right across the river in Moorhead, they've got Junkyard Brewing, which is another really good good brewery. So th- there's some good places in uh, in Fargo. It, it's surprising. You wouldn't think of it as a, as a beer town, but it, it really is. But I think any big town in a state, it's got to be a beer town. It seems like it, you know, it's just a matter of if it's a good or not, but yeah, but yeah I mean, Drecker does it right, that's for sure. I, I, you know, I like the Drecker, I, everyone goes crazy over their sours, but I love their IPAs, I think they're excellent. You know, the, the sours, both Drecker and, uh, and Junkyard too, they do a lot of sours up there, they're popular, but yeah, I, I like stuff that's a little more traditional sometimes too, so. Mm-hmm. You, do you like the, this haze craze that's going you on? Know, I'm not. I've never brewed a hazy, and mm-hmm. I will occasionally order one if we're out. You know, I, I, I we go out to breweries quite a bit, um, but it's not it's not my favorite. I you know I'm I'm fine with just a straight up old school West Coast IPA. So oh, okay, nice and clear and yep. dank. Yeah. What about uh, the the Arizona Society of Homebrewers? Are you uh, in with them? You or? know, I'm not. I. It's hard for me because I don't I don't get around as easy as uh, by myself. Yeah. Like I say, my wife's not really. I mean, she supports it, but she's not into it. Like to yeah. take me places, so I, I gotta rely on getting around it. Anyway, so no, I, I pretty much just kind of out there on my own. And, 
Okay. What are the, some of your favorite uh, local breweries? Well, we're, we're, we're close to, you know, it helps when you're close to some. So uh, we, we like Huss a lot. We go to, to oh, yeah. Huss quite often because their, their Tempe Tap Room is close by. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's another place that's fairly new. It's called Wicked. Uh, yeah. And, and we, like, we like going there. Uh, they they kind of took over a spot that uh, Uncle Bears used to have there mm -hmm. in Ahwatukee. And so we, we, we like going there. But I, I really do like Greenwood. I've been there a couple times. Ren House is good too. Of course. Uh, you know, so we're kind of more that southern Phoenix uh, area. So, so I, I don't get up to the northern end as much. And you know, there's a lot of good places like Bone House. This is the first time I've been able to, to try some of theirs because we don't get up that way and, and a few others. But. Well, Bone House does distribute every once in a they while. They do, and, and you know, I I don't. I don't look for. I probably just don't look for their stuff that much because there's so you know there's so much to choose from sometimes. Oh yeah, so it gets it's a like little a, overwhelming for you know. It's like an embarrassment of riches sometimes when you go to the yeah, local beer exactly. spot. It's, it's like, like oh, oh. you kind of glaze over. It's like well I'll just take one of everything, but um, that doesn't work either. So. Well I've, I've done that you know, <laughs> um, ashamedly I admit I I have purchased like you know a full 24 case of. Yeah. Singles. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> it uh, that's not such a bad way to go. It gets a, you know, you, you grab one, oh, I gotta try that one, I gotta try. Next thing you know, you're like, yeah. oh man, um, I don't have to eat as much this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where do you get your, your uh, home brewer supplies from? So, uh, a little bit all over. So, you know, I get some locally. There's a, a place uh, uh, in, in Tampa Brewers Connection. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, mail order too. There's a, uh, place out of Texas and then uh, more beer is a pretty big outlet and I get some I heard stuff of them. from them and then Northern Brewer is back, uh, back oh yeah kind of closer to my hometown back in uh, they're back in Minnesota so you know kind of shop around a little bit and then I get a lot of malt there's a, a malter uh, we have a lake cabin in Minnesota by Detroit Lakes Minnesota mm -hmm. and there's there's actually a, a malter there malt works and I I buy 55 pound bags directly from wow. them and uh, they, they mostly sell the breweries but they'll sell they'll sell to me you know a bag of this and a bag of that so man that's a yeah that's a lot of grain so I, then i throw it on the top of our car when we're heading south for the winter and and i got beer i got uh, got malt all winter to make beer with so so you live up there and down here or yeah we so we spent about seven months down here and about five months up there Oh, okay. Just the choice months. Yeah, it works good. For, you know, <laughs> we don't need to be down here when it's hot, and uh, it it would, it would suck for brewing because it's. I mean, it's too hot to brew. I brew outside uh, with uh, propane, and it would be way too hot. To, you wouldn't ever get your beer cooled off down here when it's 120 degrees yeah, out. So, yeah. So it works out good. I I brew up there, and it's cooler in the summer, and then I can brew all winter down here. So you like uh, your uh, your Instagram, small Instagram following? I, you know, that it's kind of crazy. I, I was, I was brewing beer with my daughter. Yeah. And she had an Instagram page. She was taking a picture and said, "Oh, I'm gonna post this on my Instagram." And I said, I said, "What's what's that?" And she said, "Well, you should have an account. You keep track of your stuff and people follow you." So she set me up an account and you know I started posting stuff and you know next. Next thing I know, I got got all these people checking checking out what I'm doing, and mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not sure why, but you know, I guess I'm blind and I make beer, so I it, think it, get, it gets them to stop by, and then yeah, I just 
you know, I don't have any agenda, no politics. It's just, mm-hmm. just beer. That's all it is. I, I think that's what drew me into is like, wow, how like how blind are you? No, if, if, if that's not a rude question, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I can see your outline a little bit. I, okay. I can't, you know, I can I can walk around here. Um, with my cane and probably not run into people but <laughs> i can't see any details so i, I can't yeah. i can't tell the, what people look like but i can see their outlines so. was it a slow process or are you born like yes that? it it started back in high school for me okay. uh, so it's been going on for 40 years uh, just slow slow it, it got to the point you know i I kind of think of it as milestones. I had to quit driving back around 2000. Okay. Um, but then I, could, I worked for another 15 years before it got to the point I, the computer got too hard to use and things like that. So it just has been slow. Um, it, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I, there's a lot of people that have bigger problems than, than <laughs> I do. That's that's for sure. So it's just a matter of making do and figuring figuring things out. Mm-hmm. You know how to how to do stuff differently than maybe other people do it yeah is it true that your other senses get heightened like you can hear a little bit you know, I, I get I get that question a lot yeah. and I used to say no it's not true but what I've learned is my senses aren't any different but I pay more attention to them if that oh, okay makes sense. no that so, makes a lot of sense so I, I start noticing that you know if I'm walking and I'm, maybe I'm getting close to a building and I, my footsteps sounded differently. Mm. You know, kind of like you know a little radar thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, my hearing's still not that great, but <laughs> I just started paying attention because you're not you're not looking to see things. So um, you just you just start noticing other things. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, it does. Yeah, it's hundred percent. That's, that's how I look at it anyway. Yeah. So does that help you taste uh, your beer a little bit better? You know. More never, critical that's not. one reason why I, I don't do I don't do untapped. I I like what I like, uh-huh. and I I'm not sure if I'm that good at tasting them. I just I just know <laughs> what I like and, and yeah. what I don't like. Uh, and I I I'd have a hard time rating something and saying, well, this is good, this isn't, because just because I like it doesn't mean other people would. Oh yeah, it's uh, totally subjective. Yes. You know, the the whole. Picking out flavors, you know, I'm really good. If someone tells me what's in there, well, then mm-hmm. I can taste it. But if I'm if I'm going into it without knowing anything, I, I, I don't think I'm any better than than the average person. Well, how about when you brew a beer and like you're able to taste it, and you'd be like, "Ooh, I, I don't like what that hop well, did to it," or something. Yeah, like that. I could, I definitely. I mean, I'll taste beer that I make before it's even fermented all the way, and the, I can kind of tell I, I'm going to like it. Mm. Uh, or yeah, there's something. Something that I, I don't like about this. Now, to be honest, well, I do like most of the beers I made. I've, <laughs> I've, I've made a handful that weren't weren't that great, but yeah. uh, for most of them now, I'm pretty comfortable that they're going to turn out good. Yeah, because you've done it so many times. Yeah. How many beers do you think you've brewed? Oh, I suppose in 100? the last five years, I probably I probably do about 10 batches a year, so about 50. I've probably done about 50 five-gallon yeah. batches, and then. I brew with other people too, so you know, yeah, we, was, we do some collabs and stuff. That was like the that. next thing I was going to ask you. How many collabs have you done? Well, I, you know, I I, do, I brew quite a bit with my daughter. Oh yeah. Um, she she's the the AZ brew gal, and, and mm-hmm. she she brews on her own, but we brew together sometimes. Um, 
And then I've got a friend back in Minnesota that we, we brew some beer and, and kind of split it up and share it, so. So you, your house is like, has it always been the beer house? Have you always been into beer or is? Pretty much, I've, I've always drank beer even back when, you know, before there was really craft beer. I mean, yeah. I've, always, I've always been a beer drinker, um, just like beer. I, you know, I, hard liquor was, was always got me in trouble. So <laughs> I, I usually try to, I learn fast, uh, just stick with beer. <laughs> it, it's fun. It's yeah. it's got its moments. The hard yeah. liquor. Yeah, but beer is a, more social, I believe. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's you know, growing up in uh, and living in in North Dakota, Minnesota area. You know, things mm -hmm. are pretty laid back. It's it, there's a lot of social drinking like that in in, in places. So. I remember uh, one of my times in when I was in Long Island. It was around Christmas time in. Um, this guy came over, the, the son of the, the house that I was staying at, he came over with a case of beer and just put it on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> just put it on the back porch. Like, yeah. didn't, don't need a cooler, don't need to take up, uh, you know, the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, just uh, just enjoy it. And, you know, it's more about the getting together and visiting and stuff like that. So, work, all, work all day and you just need to kind of relax a little bit. Pre-crop pre beers, what, uh, what what kind of beers would you drink? Like Bud Light, Coors Light, that's um, basic stuff? I was, I was, we were into Coors quite a bit, even before there was I started drinking beer before there was a light beer. So it was yeah. it was Coors, it was PBR, mm -hmm. uh, Schmidt was big. Uh, then they then they started coming out with the lighter light beers, so Miller Light and Coors Light, uh, right. uh, Bud Light a little later on. So yeah, all the all the big all the big names. Yeah. What about uh, um, up there in Minnesota? What, what there's that? Uh, what's that one? Spotted cow? Is that yeah, New that's Wisconsin. Yep, yep. New oh, oh, that's Wisconsin. Yeah, well, that's a Wisconsin beer. You're supposedly only able to buy it in Wisconsin. They don't, they don't export. Anytime someone goes to Wisconsin, it's kind of like back in the old days with Coors. <laughs> you go to Wisconsin, you got to bring back some uh, some spotted cow, and okay. and everyone's like, did you bring us back any? And you could. You know, bring back cases and and get rid of it in no time because every, everyone wants a six pack of spotted cows. So. There's a beer. There's a brewery up in Minnesota that's like one of the oldest breweries in the United States. I think it's in Uts. I think Uts, Minnesota. In which one? I think is it maybe oh. I could be wrong. Uts, Minnesota. I forgot if it's called like. Ah, know, there, the... Yeah, there's so many there. I you know I, I couldn't tell you for sure. About okay, what, what kind of breweries are up there then? Well, you know, Minnesota's taken off quite a bit. In fact, one of the reasons I started home brewing, um, there was a brewery in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is the, that's the capital of Minneapolis, yeah. St. Paul. And uh, they they made a beer called uh, it was a it was a coffee beer. What the heck? Uh, oh, got a got a blank now. And, and anyway, I liked it so much that I wanted to try to make it myself. And that's mm. kind of why I started home brewing was to, to copy that. And then, then I realized, well, there's way more that I could be doing than, <laughs> than just doing that. But. Right. But, um, well, shoot. Yeah. It's, I ran out of uh, ideas on what oh. to ask you. But because I... I I, I really do like your your Instagram. I hope a lot more people follow. I think it's very interesting. I mean, you, you see a lot of um, people getting into home brewing, but um, it just your your page actually makes uh, is feels like it's vibrant. Well, and it, you know, I, I try to I try to post stuff that I'm doing. 
uh, I spent a lot of time and you know because I'm retired I got more time than oh, the yeah. average you know person so I I interact a lot with my people you know people that follow me and stuff mm-hmm. I you know comment in their stuff and and look at what they're doing and you know you get ideas from that uh, so it's been I mean I've met a lot of people I'm yeah. you know, like like meeting you through there uh, just when I was over and talked to uh, Dr. Rachel, uh, you know, brewed with Pierkowski, and, yeah. and uh, we, we we talked quite a bit on Instagram. But the first time I got to meet her to in meet person, her. Yeah. And, and so it's it's fun that you get to meet people without I, you know, especially you know a lot of a lot of the people that that follow me and I follow them met during the COVID when people weren't weren't getting out and yeah. doing stuff. So you got to. We got to meet people, but you, you didn't meet them in person. So. Yeah, I was wondering about uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you because you're the first one I knew of that brewed the Brave Noise beer, oh. the uh, the the project beer out of Notch yep. Brewing, and you're the one who clued me into the fact that you really you have to have a code of conduct, you have to adhere to their their. Uh, their way of thinking in order just to get the recipe is that right yeah it was you know it was a little more than i expected i because to be fair i'm the i heard about it from your podcast first it was even out there it's like and you commented that you know no no arizona breweries had done it yet so i thought well you know i should look into that and because i'd I'd like to give it a try like i say my daughter home brews and Mm -hmm. and she's she's got a little grief from people once in a while that don't really think you know women should brew beer but so yeah. so I thought I'll look into it and and yeah it wasn't just go online and here's the recipe you kind of had to there was a little process you had to tell them about yourself and if you were a brewery you had to go through this code of contact code of conduct mm-hmm. process so I can see why you know a lot of breweries maybe don't even have have all that you know they, yeah. they maybe should but you know, it's some not written sm- down. And some of them are small, or right. you know, there's just like five people, yeah. or just like uh, uh, one that comes to mind is Richter Ale Works. It's just a family running yep. it. Okay. So yeah, they, I, they wouldn't really need a code of conduct because it's a family-run business. Exactly, and, and you know, I, I I saw that you know in my line of work too. But family businesses don't always write things down because yeah. they they know. So so anyway, it made me realize. Okay, well, it's probably not as easy. Like you know, the whole black is beautiful, mm-hmm. and I think you could just brew that. They posted the recipe, and and you know you you could just go ahead and do it. But the, the brave noise, you had to go through a little extra work. And now I brewed the beer, and everyone really likes it. So I, I'm gonna brew it again. Wow, all right. But, uh, it, it turned out real good. So yeah, I can, and I can see that they don't want someone just to take advantage of the situation exactly. and profit off. Of hop it. on the hop on the bad wagon to. Right. You know, it's kind of it's kind of put your money where your mouth is thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not just saying you're behind it, but actually showing it. You know, documenting that hey, we're we actually understand the issues, and here's what we're doing to to try to combat some of that. Yeah, so I I think it's great. At first, I was a little bit you know, like, well, you're not letting everyone in, but then I get it though. Yeah. I, I after critically thinking about it, I totally understand why they did that. I mean, here's here's a couple you know guys talking about it, but you know, yeah, we're, we're probably not the ones that that have to deal with some of that stuff. Well, you, you have two daughters. I have a yeah. daughter, so I see right. the world a little bit differently. And than, I do too. Yeah, exactly. Than before I had a daughter, so. 
But not only do I have two daughters, I have three granddaughters. I, I don't have I don't have any boys in the family, so I got I got a lot of stake for for uh, for women to succeed and and uh, and have a fair have a fair shake. And not yeah, not have to deal with the crap that some of them have to go through. That's exactly, sure. yeah, exactly. Well, Fred, thank you so much for taking time out of your beer festival to have a chat with no, me, man. No, no problem, Greg. I, I appreciate it. Uh, the opportunity to come talk to you. It was nice to meet you, and I, I love I love the podcast. It's thank one you. Of the, it's one of my bright spots each week. Thank you. Uh, there's always always something good to listen to there. So, <laughs> my brother and I just like to have fun, yeah. man. I try to make him laugh. He tries to make me laugh, and yeah. it's, I no, it's, that it's gets fun. It, I even I was telling my wife, it's like you know I've never met him, but I feel like I know I know you and your brother, and you know I know. <laughs> <laughs> about your families and and you know it's just the way it is so yeah appreciate it man yep. cheers cheers so will man i know i've already talked to you a couple times here not on the show and at the uh the beer festival but in the big scheme of things, uh, how is how are you finding being the owner of a brewery going to beer festivals? Is it like different than when you were just working for them? Uh, I, I, I think so. Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing is uh, I don't re I can't really pass anything off to anybody else. It's like oh yeah. I'm the top of the pyramid, so it gets passed off onto me. Yeah. So um, it's 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 nice because uh, I have control of the beers and I really know the direction of the beers. So. Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather them come to me than someone else, but um, it's it's different. But I'm I'm not a uh, it's it's nothing nothing too crazy yet. I mean nobody's complained, so we're doing we're still doing all right. Yeah, we were just talking to, to a couple festival goers, and they say that your line is huge. Yeah, I mean we uh, we we made two beers uh, exclusively for the festival, so mm -hmm. I think that people really respond to that just in general because this is the only time they can have it. So we like oh, yeah. that. Um, it's like a scarcity, you know, that people have the fear of missing out. So they, they really want to come and try, uh, you know, something that they can't try necessarily any other time. Now, what, what did you bring today for our listeners? So we brought a uh, fried banana sour, which was kind of inspired by, uh, I was lucky enough to travel to Thailand when I was younger. So oh. uh, it's a banana juice puree mix with our base sour. And then we add uh, some Saigon cinnamon, uh, a little bit of toasted coconut and some vanilla. It almost came out more like a uh, vanilla yogurt with uh, bananas and uh, granola once it, once it was all said and done, but we're really happy with, with how it came out. Yeah. And then the second beer that we brought is called uh, Drilling Rights. So it's our double uh, milk stout with coconut, vanilla, and then uh, toasted cacao nibs. Uh, quite a lot of toasted cacao and it kind of tastes like melted ice cream. So the, the big hit of the festival has been to mix the banana with the chocolate and yeah. kind of a fried banana covered in chocolate vibes, which has been, uh, I guess, you know, we try and use our creativity, trying something new, a little different, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I think the gamble worked out. You know, I think that, that I was I was lucky enough for you to let me try a little bit and that sour doesn't it taste like a sour, man. It's, it's really uh, creamy for a sour. Yeah, so... Um, How'd you get that? Uh, it's partially the banana stuff gives it a very good like a frothy viscosity and mouthfeel and um, 
the vanilla will also help with that and the coconut does too so I was actually gonna add lactose to it as well but I tasted it and I was like this is already almost too rich yeah so uh, uh, so, sometimes sour drinkers will get like offended if your sour is too pastry and not enough sour but oh, okay. I feel like we, we kind of hit it perfectly and then with the blend it uh, kind of all just melts together really well oh yeah and then mixing the two it tastes phenomenal it it tastes it's not like an enhanced uh, chocolate covered banana because you got that little cinnamon in there and yeah and the the, and the smooth the tartness kind of complements like the the roastiness of the stout and the uh, the, the cacao flavors and stuff yeah. so it really balanced out uh, really well and we're, we're really happy with the results how are you liking uh, running your own brewery because I, I don't I know you well enough to I know you have all these ideas in your head but you only have a limited amount of space are you getting frustrated because you have all these ideas or you just are you are you happy with the way things are going or what's um, going on I think the hardest thing is just um, putting the pen to the paper and scheduling it because okay. there's so much stuff that I want to try so uh, we just did this blonde stout that was really good that mm -hmm. I've been meaning to get to uh, I did a beer. I won my fantasy football league, so I made. I saw that. I saw your belt, man. Uh, yeah, I made a beer for myself. So uh, <laughs> it's the first time I've done that uh, ever. So yeah. it's it's like a uh, it's kind of like a brewer's beer. It's like Pilsner yeah. with uh, Galaxy and Sapper hops. So uh, I had to had to pat myself a little bit on the back. You know, you gotta stop and smell the roses every once in a while. So that's was kind of neat. And then. Um, the thing is, is keeping a balanced menu because our, our demographic in Prescott is very much different than uh, than down in the valley. So yeah. people aren't as used to banana sours and, and stuff <laughs> right? like that. So uh, red ales have been something that I've learned how to brew. I've never really made a red ale or a brown ale. Uh, so there, there's been challenges. It's like... Um, I don't know. I'm used to walking across a tightrope, so I'm still learning how to walk across a bridge, I guess. All right. But, what, what about, uh, so you got to brew like a lot of maybe some uh, lagers up there and yeah, so blonde ales. We have a, uh, we have a atomic gold is our cream ale. Mm -hmm. It's modeled after uh, Genesee cream, which is a oh, yeah. East coast staple mm -hmm. and one of my favorite beers, uh, in my younger years. And it's kind of like that college frat boy, like, you know, <laughs> but not quite Budweiser, but yeah. still fratty. But um, we've had a lot of success with that beer, and a lot of people have really uh, gotten a good following. And we just did an IPL version of it called Adam Mirror. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit, it's 5.8%. It's kind of like a Timbo Pilsner from Highland Park. Yeah. But it's heavily dry hopped with uh, Sabro Cryo and then um, Simcoe hops. So it's got like a West Coast IPA flavor, yeah. but the end finishes like a lager. Yeah, like crisp and... Yeah, so it's like cold brew coffee. You know, you get all the flavor, but you don't get any of that astringency or harshness. Yeah. Like maybe a West Coast IPA might have. Do you notice that uh, your regulars want the same thing over and over again, or are they happy with you trying different things, experimenting? Um, and I think that's the uh, that's that's the the tough part about us is we will never be consistent in putting out mm -hmm. the same beer over and over. But all we can do is be consistently good. And so as long as we're putting out consistently good beers, yeah, you know, we're trying to make something for everyone. In in some senses, I mean, you're not going to make everyone happy, but. Up there, there's so many people that um, 
when they try our pastry stouts, it kind of gets lost on them. Yeah. So we had to make a, a dry Irish stout to kind of bring them back into their comfort zone. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So there's certain stuff like that where it's a little bit of, uh, of beer culture shock. But mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to trying to shock the system a little bit and, and get them used to it so they wake can, them up yeah wake them up say hey wake up their taste buds uh, it's this is modern beer and we're here to stay yeah what about so i know you, i've asked you this off the uh off the mic but what do you think of uh, today's beer festival this is the first time these guys are putting together uh i think uh i think they deserve an a right now uh yeah. for, for their first time i've seen a lot of festivals maybe not as not as many as some people but uh this, this is one of the better ran ones for being the first annual. I've been to some first annuals and it's like, where do we set up? And they're like, oh, go over there. And all the tents are off and mm -hmm. it's like, there's no real rhythm or rhyme. Uh, I think Joe and these guys did a really good job. And uh, Good job laying out everybody. Yeah, and uh, uh, everything's kind of in sections so you can mm -hmm. find it. Like if you're hungry, it's no secret where the food is. If yeah. you're thirsty, it's no secret where the water is. Mm -hmm. If you want uh, spirits, you know where to find it. So uh, hats off to the to the layout and to the organization. It's uh, it kind of uh, it's kind of a rare thing in, uh, in in some some of these beer festivals. But yeah. I'll leave it at that. I think uh, the one thing is well, one nitpick I could have about it is um, it's during football playoffs. Yeah. And we're missing the, the, the Bengals-Raiders game right now. At least it's only wild card, though. So, <laughs> right. I mean, if it would have been during the NFC Championship and AFC Championship, it would have uh, been a hard sell. But Yeah, they, true. Uh, and, and that's the weird thing this season with the 17 games. I'm st I still don't know how I feel about it. There's, yeah. There's almost no five. I don't think there's any 500 teams anymore, right? No, you can't, you're it's impossible. A you're a loser. Or well, you get one tie. The one tie. Yeah. Yeah. The Steelers try to do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with the Lions, yeah, right. Oh my God, dude! I I can't even believe. I, I'm not a Chargers fan, but what's going on? And and, and yeah. with the Chargers and the Raiders, man, that was. Yeah, that was some dumb coaching. Uh, um, dumb coaching, basically. Yeah. Uh, bad time management. Bad bad thought process. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Yeah. At the very we, end. We don't, we don't want to be in those shoes, right? No. Well, I know you're a Bears fan, but who do you who do you think's gonna who are you going for in the playoffs? Do you care? Or you just want to see good good games? Um, you know, I, I really um, I really think it would be funny and interesting if somehow the Raiders could beat the odds, and they could be out of the playoffs already by now. But um, if the Raiders could win with their interim coach after they fired their coach. Uh, I think that would go to show how, how they built the team because they've been much, much outperforming what everyone thought they were in terms yeah. of quarterback play and, and offensive play. And really, it's still Gruden's team. He put it together. Yeah, and then Mayock's still there. And I think Mayock's like the premier uh, draft analyst in terms of the NFL. So mm -hmm. I feel like they're going in a good direction. And uh, I, I kind of have a soft spot for the Raiders because when you see a team lose for like 30 years, they're kind of <laughs> like the Browns where you're like, how can I root against these guys? They're like yeah. the ultimate losers. But, uh, <laughs> the lovable losers? The lovable losers, yeah. They're like the Cubs were until they won. Yeah. And well, now we can hate them again. <laughs> well, with the Raiders, it's kind of like uh, an underdog story, right? People oh, want to see the underdog story. but Very much so. They have that... that you never know if they're gonna, which team's gonna come out of the locker room. Yeah. So they do have like that a light challenge. Switch, yeah. You know. Whereas, so. like, when you look at when I look at the Steelers, I just think it's it's they're at their end of this 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 yeah. dynasty, so to speak. So it, I mean, it all it, comes down to quarterback play. And, yeah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, his best years are long behind him, but he's yeah. you know still still obviously a, 
a professional and a good player better, right. can throw the ball a lot better than I can. Yeah, but, uh, no kidding. He, he's not going to be able to throw it like a uh, like a Patrick Mahomes or like a Justin Herbert. So mm-hmm. that was kind of his big thing was his big arm. And right. you, know, you saw in Peyton Manning, it just takes one season and the arm's gone, you know? Yeah, uh, no kidding. But, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the other team I'd say from the NFC that I would really like to see, pretty much any team that beats the Packers, <laughs> um, being a Bears fan, so sorry, Packers fans. Yeah. Uh, I would also say that um, any team that beats the Bucks would be nice. Uh, but, yeah, as long as the Bucks and Packers aren't in the finals, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Aren't they one and two? Uh... Yeah, no, they're one and four. The Packers in the NFC Championship. No, no, I mean oh. like uh, as far as the seating goes, oh, the Packers yeah, yeah. are one and yeah, yeah. So um, I forgot who's part, who's no, number no, two. The Packers are the number one seed. They're not yeah. playing, so they're safe for this week. But uh, we'll see what happens. Well, the 49ers win. They, I believe, they played the Packers. Well, you know what? The Eagles. I, I kind of like the Eagles. Okay. Uh, they were supposed to be in a rebuilding year. Mm-hmm. They shipped their quarterback. They have three first-round picks, and they're in the playoffs. To me, that seems like the team that's like. Next year, they're going to take the jump. And if somehow they can be coached up enough to go at least to the NFC Championship, they got an uphill battle, though. Well, they're playing the Bucks, and they gave them a run for their money this year. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. The game was – it ended a lot closer than it was. But if they could establish a run game, which they have, they can, their they have a chance. Their run game has been surprisingly uh, impressive. And you've seen how – Brady folds when it gets started gets like adversity starts hitting him during the game. Yeah. You know, he threw that surface tablet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he the thing is, as long as he's not against the Jets, he does all right. Anytime <laughs> he's against the Jets, he's like, hey, he's cool as a cucumber, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he yeah. came back. Yeah, that, that was an excellent Yeah, after the comeback. Antonio Brown uh, <laughs> critical quit. meltdown. Oh, my God, that was horrible. But, uh, yeah, there's... Uh, that guy is like... Uh, they need to do a reality show. They need to follow him around with a camera. Do hard knocks the the life of Antonio Brown. <laughs> AB, yeah. Yeah. AB all day. Um, so what what do you have for the future of uh, Ad Astra? You have anything uh, going on? We're, planned? we're really excited about this next month. We have a lot of really big events coming up for uh, for us. So first and foremost is our first anniversary. Yes. Which will also be um, a bottle release, a triple bottle release. This is the first time we've announced this too. So Ooh. we have a, a peach brandy barley wine. Holy crap. Uh, we have a maple syrup bourbon barley wine. Yeah. And then we have the uh, cuvee of those. So it's going to be a blend of both of those barrels with cinnamon and vanilla. So it's going to be like a maple peach cinnamon pie is what Holy we're going crap. for. When is, when, when is that one of those being released? That's going to be in February. Um, okay. We have yet to announce the date. We're still trying to get everything dialed in to where we can make sure we have the bottles and everything's perfect. I'm we're sure you'll announce it week. on Instagram. It will be announced on Instagram. It's going to be before Arizona Beer Week. Okay. So uh, probably around uh, Valentine's Day, maybe a little bit before. But we are going to also have a Valentine's Day. We're going to have a special stout release of a uh, Valentine's Stout for the lovers out there and uh, <laughs> probably some kind of tasting dessert thing with it yeah um, and then we have uh probably the biggest beer festival in arizona the strong beer yes so the 19th right yep yeah we're very excited about that and um we hope that this is kind of like our our, our warm-up game for for that right yeah this is a little bit smaller of a, a festival but not to say it's small it's it's there's quite a few people here mm-hmm. but um Strong Beer is kind of the, the bar for Arizona. Right. So 
and the kind of beer we make is usually strong beers, the ones that we like, so right. it's kind of a chance for us to really show off and uh, and showcase what our brew team and, and our uh, our production team's been able to, to do and, and, and get done. Are you are you bringing any of those, or you got something else planned to bring for the for a strong beer? We have a couple surprises. We're definitely going to bring at least probably one of one or two of the barley wines. Okay. Um, it all just depends on the yield. You know, we still haven't blended it yet, so mm -hmm. it's hard to it's hard to pass out the cake when you haven't. It's not out of the oven. Oh yeah. But um, we, you got to give everyone their slice first oh, before yeah. you. Oh yeah. We got to get the members their slice. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna work on that, and then um, once that's all dialed in, we're gonna have a very good lineup. Probably a stout, probably a barley wine, probably something more fun in between, like uh, like some light just to change it up. Palate cleanser. You gotta have the atomic <laughs> gold to clean the palate, you know. So uh, yeah, we're, we're with all this stuff going on right now. We're we're very elated and we're happy to um, to be able to do stuff again. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, something we don't take for granted. And uh, I think uh, there's a lot of my friends that are you know from California that they can't do any of this stuff right now because they're, there's there's all kinds of limitations and stuff. And fortunately, everyone out here is being brave and we're just having fun and living life. Yeah, well, I think uh, California just, they have so many people that, that they worry about. That's another thing. There's a lot more population and density mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. So we got a couple more years till we're there, but it's it's getting there fast. A lot of people are moving to Arizona, you know. Yeah, how many how many more breweries do you think will pop up this year? Uh, I've already seen, uh, what is it, Lake Pleasant Brewings coming. Right. Those are a couple cats that should be opening. Um, I've just seen so many lately in the... Um, like North Phoenix or Mesa uh, areas trying to trying to get open, so I think that's good for the business. I think the yeah. more beer there is, the more exposure there is, and if somebody has a neighborhood brewery, they're more likely to go branch out and try another brewery yeah. and, and stuff like that. So that's a good point. You know, you, you open one in a community, and they they like your beer, and like, well, is there other ones out there? Then you go to the next one, next one, next thing you're doing, you're you're going up and down the state looking for breweries. Yeah, that's, that's the fun part. And uh, I'm a little sad. Uh, there's some guys that I wish were here. A big one was Smelter Town. You know, I got to mm. shout them out. They're really good dudes. But they actually took the whole week off from production because uh, I think it's New Year, New Us. Just give the guys a week off. So oh, okay. I, I, can't, uh, I can't fault that. I, yeah. I'm very envious of that, actually. Are they coming uh, to Strong Beer? They should be coming to Strong Beer. Uh, uh, they, they should be coming to Strong Beer, and I hope that Tim's there. And uh, we actually have a collaboration we have planned for them for our uh, anniversary. If you haven't been to Ad Astra yet, go for it! Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, guys. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we're uh, we got some some rowdy fans out here. Just tried the banana sour, so we're getting getting a little bit live untapped reviews. You know, straight on straight straight to the stream. That's right. This is great. The, the end. I've never seen the end of a beer festival because, like, I, I, you know, I'm a slender guy, so it gets to me quick, and I'm like, you know, let's get the fuck out of here yeah, before you I do something you stupid. The noose every time, huh? Yeah. So this is it. This is gonna be the first time I see the end of a beer festival. So hopefully it's not too bad, but I do want to see some shenanigans happen. Yeah. My advice is close up as fast and as early as you can, and just be ready to go because it's like herding cow out of here to get the drunk people. Like, oh, go, go. Yeah. And you push them through the little gate and then once all the civilians are gone basically we break everything down and bring the trucks back out and yeah so it's um 
it's like setting up a football game. You know, once the game's over, nobody sees the breakdown and people sweeping the uh, sweeping the stands and stuff. Right. That's uh, that's where all the magic happens. The, yeah, the dirty part of the game. Yeah, and then <laughs> most of the time, if you're in the right circle. The people pouring haven't drank that much, so then they go find somewhere to go and hang out, and it's like a little after party. So we have a couple spots that are around this area if you're available. Greg, maybe you can go grab a cheeseburger and a oh fuck yeah, man, uh, whiskey or something. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, hey, uh, have you thought about distilling? Yeah. So uh, we met the uh, Arizona distilling guys, and they're like, "Hey, if you ever have a beer you want to distill," and I was like. Okay, I've thought about that. I wonder how one of our stouts would do if it got distilled or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Maybe uh, I've had IPAs distilled. They kind of uh, come out like gin from the hops. They okay. have like this really botanical, like almost uh, bitter-like flavor, which yeah. I don't think is bad, but uh, I'm not really like a bitter person. Like, I, I don't want to be punished when I drink. I don't drink from <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. So uh, I, I, it's not really my cup of tea, but pretty much any Kentucky straight bourbon or rye uh, it's right in my alley. So what would be a good one then? Because I've, I've heard that too. I've heard like it's really hard to find a beer that you could distill and, and have it both be a good beer and a good spirit. Um, but I think uh, I just did a story like a month ago. Uh, who is it? Uh, um, Sierra Nevada is doing that with someone. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard of a couple places doing it. And um, from from my guess, what I would say would be the best thing that you could distill yeah. would be like a hard seltzer. Okay. Because it's just all alcohol and mm-hmm. it's all water and it's all sugar, so you're gonna get the most efficiency out of it. And it's but you're gonna end up with something like vodka. So yeah. like uh, like let's say you did like a I don't know like a blueberry extracted one that would be interesting if it kept the extract flavor through the distillation. Right. I don't know, but uh, we were also thinking about doing something. Um, uh, if you barrel age like a uh, like a high ABV hard seltzer in like a gin barrel, mm-hmm. we're looking at something like that. Like make like a gin seltzer huh. through barrel aging. That seems very fucking interesting. Yeah. But it's like <coughs> you have the 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 freedom to do all this now. Whereas when you were working for a brewery, you could suggest it, but you know. Yeah, it was like the whole suggestion box thing works a little bit, but. What ends up happening is people take half your ideas and then like make it their own. So mm-hmm. then you never really get like your full message across. But now it's you know like stuff like that. Like um, like we did our hard seltzers at nine percent. Like they started out at twelve percent and then we had to back blend them because they were so boozy. No. So it was like <laughs> you know we, we were gonna go because we can't sell cocktails. So we're like yeah. how can we get around it? Let's make a 13% seltzer. Like, okay, that's way too strong. We gotta cut it back. Mm. Then you start adding fruit, and then you start then you start building the cocktail. You know, yeah. so so that's something interesting that we've done that, that not a lot of people have is these high ABV seltzers. But um, it just depends on your market. Like if you're in a cocktail market, and people are always coming in asking for a, a you know a vodka soda or something. It seems like Prescott is a more of whiskey a vodka. Row, you yeah, know? whiskey row, exactly. So uh, everyone likes strong drink up there. Uh, not to say they don't drink the Colorado Kool-Aid too, you know, yeah. the Coors Banquet, but um, it's uh, it's definitely a challenge, you know, getting someone who drinks green tea shots to, to drink a hazy IPA or something, you know. <laughs> so you got to make you got to kind of bend over a little bit for the audience, but. Um, right. Yeah, brew what they want so you can every once in a while brew what you want, yeah, right? Yeah, just get, get one in every once in a while. So mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that we like to do. And then for the most part, a lot of our bigger beers are like our hype beers. So we take a lot of pride in uh, 
we really enjoy the look on people's faces when they try a banana sour and they're like, I, I can't tell you how many times I offered the banana sour and they're like, ew, banana sour, what's that taste like? I was like, tastes try like it. banana split. <laughs> yeah. And then they try it and they're like, wow, this is like one of the better beers at the festival. And it's like, aren't you glad you at least tried it? Yeah. Because so many people came up, I was like, nobody's been disappointed yet. I'll give you a free pour or whatever. Uh, you can put the check off on my card. And uh, <laughs> everyone's taking the check, so. It's, it's worked out pretty nicely and uh, to see people try something that they've never tried it kind of uh, I kind of live vicariously through them because I remember that moment in beer when I tried something and I was like wow this is like mind-blowing this is something yeah. that really um, really makes me happy this is something that I've never had before so to see that on people's faces I think uh, I think it makes the 12-hour days and you know 80-hour weeks somewhat more worth it but yeah. uh, it's, it's it's definitely uh, Doing, doing, the best way I can explain, I'm gonna come back to your question, full circle. Okay. What's the difference between working at a brewery and owning a brewery? It's like the difference between being a quarterback's coach and being a head coach. You're used to a very specific portion of your work that you have to do, mm -hmm. you know, like cellaring or brewing or wort production or whatever, or packaging. And then now you're like, okay, now we have to worry about selling it. Now we have to worry about getting it in the taste room. Now I have to worry about regulation and taxes. And now we have to worry about books. And now we have to worry about documentation and, and all kinds of more stuff that goes into it. And now we have to worry about, uh, you know, whatever, like, uh, our, what does our tap list look like? You know, you can brew whatever you want, but if you have 16 IPAs, unless you're the other half, it's not gonna work, you know? <laughs> right. So uh, it, it, it's, it's a lot more planning. It's a lot more, uh, it's like going from, you know, one one department to running the whole running the whole show. Mm -hmm. It's right. uh, it's a lot more small pieces and it's a lot of fine details where, you know, you think being a brewer and owning a brewery is you don't just sit around and drain tanks and drink beer all day. It's uh, there's a lot of planning and, and, and micro stuff that go into it. It's like uh, it's, it's like those home brewers that become brewery owners. They don't realize all the business that they don't know until they get into it. Yeah, and um, it's. It's one of those things where um, it's a very romantic idea of making your own beer and selling it to people and, and having an area for people to express themselves and taste it. But um, there's a lot less romanticism when you pull the uh, curtains back. You know, yeah. it's, it's very, uh, very hands-on work and, and stressful, and it's a very competitive market. So everyone's doing everything they can to stand out and. Uh, now, well, everyone loves each other, and we're all part of the guild. At the end of the day, we're all trying to survive. So mm -hmm. uh, that's always in the back of everyone's mind. I feel like, unless you're so successful to the point where you're like, are we going to go 30 barrel on the next system or 60 barrel on the next system? So <laughs> right. We're not in that. We don't have that problem yet, but we're we're hoping to get there soon. Slowly, slowly yeah. build up to it. You don't want to jump too fast because in. The you don't want to outgrow the spotlight. You yeah. Know? Spot. You never. You, you never want to outgrow your spotlight. So that's a good way to put it. We have another little announcement that we're, we want to make, and Greg's the first person uh, that I'm going to say this publicly. But we have a second brewery that we're going to be opening in. Uh, uh, it's on the border of Tempe and Phoenix. So. Uh, oh wow. It's right close to the airport. Uh, kind of prime real estate, you feel like. And uh, we're, we're very excited. We're going to have a 200 oak barrel capacity. So wow. we're going to be focusing very heavily on our barrel-aged strong beer projects. Um, awesome. The, the Prescott Tasting Room uh, may or may not end up being an all-wild beer facility because okay. of my background with wild and spontaneous beers. So then we can have them separated. But uh, there's still the... Um, the nice thing about Prescott is you can do things like a cool ship 
and uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, lambic inspired beer up there. I know you really love those Belgian beers, man. Yeah, so um, the hard thank you. The hard part is not making the beer that you really like. It's making the beer that you are really proud to make and people really like to drink, and you're still able to sell it. So right. it's it's always a compromise. But you you know you never want to compromise on your morals, but. You know, I'm, that's why I'm making brown ales and stuff. I, if you asked me five years ago if I ever needed to make a brown ale for anything, <laughs> I would have probably said unless it's like a, a brown ale that's like a 13% cocktail type concept, probably yeah. not. But we're making an English brown that's basically a Newcastle clone and it's one of our hottest sellers. So it goes to show as soon as you think you know something in the beer industry, you don't know anything. And you always yeah. got to be learning. You always got to be open-minded. You always got to be ready to leave your comfort zone to do something that's uh, that's going to work. It's, I've always said this on my show, and I'll, I'll keep saying it until the day I die. I thought I knew about beer until I started doing the podcast. Then I realized I don't know shit, and I still don't know a lot. I wish I knew more, but, you know, there's always going to be someone out there who knows more. So you just keep learning. There's always something to learn. And I think mm -hmm. that um, and it goes, It's I'm, I'm keep doing these football analogies, but it's like a, it's like these guys training in the offseason. You ever think that, you know, George Kittle's going, it's like, oh, I know how to catch a ball in the corner of the end zone. I don't, I don't yeah. know how to do that anymore. No, you, you do the reps to make it work, to right. make it muscle memory. And, so you, you don't, don't have count, to think about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't count your reps. You make your reps count, you know? And, oh, I like that, yeah. And, and make I it know work. that's an old uh, saying, but still, I like it. football saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is you just you can't go through the motions. You got to just keep keep pounding the rock, and eventually you're going you're gonna to break a good run. That's, that's awesome. Well, hey, thanks for taking time out of your busy uh, day to talk with me. I love fucking talking with you about beer, man. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate you having me. And uh, I just want to shout out to everyone out there that came to the festival and uh, had a great time. And, and, of course, shout out to Greg for hosting it and hosting the show and, and braving the public's, uh, public scowling of us as uh, the <laughs> yes. drunkards walk by. This is great. That's why I wanted you near the end because I wanted to. I to see the good stuff. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Thank Cheers. You, man. Cheers.